So there's four stories today, and let's go ahead and jump right in because there's a lot to get to, and I don't quite know where to begin, so I think I'm going to go, um, I think I'm going to go in order of the stories in the order that I found them. Okay, so this is from KSDK.com. Uh, students walk out in support of fired football coach at Roosevelt High School. Last week, Porter was fired for violating St. Louis Public School's social media policy. Students at Roosevelt High School walked out of school Monday morning in support of a fired football coach. Nearly 200 students walked out around 8.15 a.m. in support of Trey Porter. Students from Cleveland Academy also joined. The students walked to the Board of Education. Four staff members from Roosevelt, including the principal, walked with the students. There were some parents, district safety officers, and police accompanying accompanying the students. Um, last week, a reporter was fired for violating St. Louis public school social media policy. According to the handbook, employees may not friend students on social media or use electronic media to communicate with students without approval from administrators and parents. Now, I'll say this. That is a common thing. That is something that is common, um, not just in high school, not just in middle school or elementary school, but even in college. Um, I had a professor, and pretty much what happened is she, you know, she was a great teacher, great professor and um my uh one of my one of my friends in the class asked if she had social media and she explained that yes she does but she can't she can't friend she couldn't friend any of us until after you know we finished having her class okay so that that is a common thing um back in august uh five on your side introduced you to porter he postponed one of the team's practices to talk to them about violence in st louis he also introduced a texting policy for his players each weekend so he could know that they are out of trouble. I do like that. I do like that. Okay. Uh, you need to call, text, or huddle message me every night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because those are the days I know I'm not going to see them. Porter explained to Five on Your Side in August. On October 17th, parents showed their support for Porter at the Rough Riders' first game without him. One parent told Five on Your Side, it's a whole bunch of BS. Another one said, that's how everybody communicates, on social media. Uh, one mom told Five on Your Side, if it wasn't for social media, Porter couldn't have helped their son when he needed it most. When my son lost his father, Coach Porter saw on social media and came to my home to comfort my son, Latasha Johnson said. Um, and that is it. It's a fairly short article. There are many articles on this, but this is really an interesting story because there were rules that were broken. That that's just that's just what happened. Um Now, I will say this. Do I like what the coach did I do he just he could have gone about it a different way social media is not the way to do it because the rule according to the handbook and this is from the article employees may not friend students on social media or use electronic media to communicate with students without approval from administrators and parents so you need the permission of both now I'll say this when it comes to texting, I'm not I'm not knowledgeable about that. I don't know the rules about that. Um, that just that seems I don't know. I don't know. That just that sound that sounds weird. That sounds weird. But it this is a very interesting case because you have a guy who broke the rules and. Supposedly, he wanted to do this. He did this, or he has been doing this, in order to to hold his players accountable, which I like. 
I'm going to say this. Fatherlessness, not just in the black community, but fatherlessness is huge. It's important to have that strong male figure in your life. You need that strong male figure example in your life. Whether Whether you're a boy or a girl. Boys need examples of what of what it is that they need to become. And girls need examples of, okay, this is what to look for. You know, these are the qualities to look for. This is how a man is supposed to treat me, even if he's not interested in me. I need to know how, you know, how men and women interact with each other appropriately. And that's why, that's why men are so important. You know, it's really amazing. You know, I hate, and I, I, I get it. I get it. You do have the mindset of some parents, single parents, where they say, I'm your mom and your dad. That's not true. You're not. You can only be what you are. That, that, that's it. You can, you can only be what you are. When you, it's like this. As a, as a, as a woman, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go both ways here. As a woman, let's say you're a single mother, and you have, you know, you have a son and a daughter. Okay, so you have two kids, so you can teach. So it's easier for the girl because you can. The girl has a direct example in front of her. For the for the son, there is no there is no example. The mom can teach can can teach the boy. Can teach her son how to be a good citizen, how to be, um, you know, how to work hard. Uh, she can teach him so many life lessons, how to cook, how to manage money, things like that. But she cannot teach him how to be a man simply because she is not a man. And it's the same for a father. A father cannot be the dad and the mom. He can only be the dad. That's it. And for the daughter, he can't teach. He can show the daughter, you know, aspects of what to look for in a guy. He can teach her how to be a good citizen. All of those things. But he cannot teach her how to be a good, strong woman. He can't teach that because he's not that. We can, we can, we can speculate, we can extrapolate, we can, we can do so many things, but if you can only, you can only do, you can only, you can only be what you are. It's just that simple. And, you know, I, I like what, I like what he was doing, how he wanted to interact with his, with his players and he wanted to check up on them and make sure that they were okay and hold them accountable. It's so important. But he did break the rules. It's it's just it's just that um it's just that simple. And I believe he knew what he was doing. I just think I think in his mind he said, "You know what? These 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 men that I'm mentoring and that I'm helping me staying in communication with them is more important than um than my job. Now I do have a question here. I, I'm I'm just curious. Obviously I don't know all the details because this is a very short article. Um I don't go to the school. I don't know Coach Porter. I don't know any of these people. But my question is why why couldn't he just go to the administrators? I I just I I don't understand I don't understand it. Why didn't he just why didn't he just do that? Or did he do it and did they did they reject his did they reject his request or or what? I don't know. I don't know. And I just I do like what he was doing, but he just, protocol was broken. Now, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say this. Let's say you have a person. If you, 
Ah, uh, how can I put this? Okay, let's say he did not get approved. What does he do? Well, he has to abide by the rules. He has to. I mean, if here's the thing: if you want to keep your job, you you got you got to do the right thing, and you have you have to, or I should say, if you want to keep your job, you have to go by the rules. Um. That your job has created. You have to go by their rules and regulations. And their bylaws and stuff like that. You have to go by what they say. Now that's extremely important. But. I ask this. You know. If. I mean. here Here's the thing. Saint, now St. Louis does have a violence problem. It does. It really does. But, you know, I just, I just, I don't know how this, how this could have worked with, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just confused because here's my thing. Um, now there's, there may be more details involved in this, but it seems very simple. He just wanted his players to check in on him to just, you know, to just check in to either call text. And if you don't, if you don't know what huddle is. It's um it's used for it's a football it's kind of a football site and teams use it you can you can have your own sports team on there and you uh you can communicate you can send messages um you can look at uh, I think you can look at like the playbook you can look at highlights you can do all of those things um but that that's what huddle is but I'm just I'm just curious as to why they didn't say anything that's that's why why didn't he get permission? That's what that's what I'm confused about. I just I just I don't understand that part. And I'm going to I'm going to move on from this topic. But, you know, it this kind of this does bother me a little bit. I I understand that he was fired. I get it. I totally understand that. He broke the rules. They were clear and he broke them. I'm just I'm just curious as to why he why didn't he get permission? I just I that I don't understand. It makes no sense to me. Okay. Um so um Zion. I told I told you guys. I said this. I said that Zion was too big. He was too fat. He's too heavy. And now he's out six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. This means, you realize what this means? You realize what this means? He will not, I mean, what what does that mean? So six to eight weeks. He could he could miss what Christmas? No, I think he would come back. I think he would come back around Christmas. But six to eight weeks, and this man hasn't played a re- one regular season minute. You know, I was ta- I was talking about this with my roommate. You can't. Here's the here's my problem with youth basketball today. I really can't stand it. All this hype around uh Bronny and you know Zaire and Lamelo and all these young guys I don't care until you get into the league now what these players need to do what they need to understand your body can only do so much it can only do so much your knees can only bend so many times with certain ease your knees are one of the first things to go. And Zion was brilliant enough. And the people around him were brilliant enough. To not say anything to him. If I'm Zion. Here's what you have to understand. Zion physically is a freak. Personally, I think he's on steroids. That's just me. But he's still a really big dude and he's still growing. If I'm Zion, I'm thinking, okay, just 
with a basic understanding of physiology and anatomy. I understand I can't do this forever. So I need to I need to save my legs. I need to save my legs enough to where I can get into the league and be successful for many years to come and also find a way to make it to get known and to be known. Now, just due to his body, that helped him. That helped that helped him tremendously. But these but you know you have these ballers live you know videos and all of that and this it's just a bunch of garbage. I don't care. Get to the league, save your body for when you get to the highest level. I mean I mean Zion Zion Ah I just I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean who couldn't see this coming? Who could I mean who could not see this coming? You can't just you can't keep jumping up and down like that. That's not how it works. Zion Williamson is younger than me. He's younger than me and he's he's already having knee problems. He's a big you're already a big dude. You can't take that much weight on your knees. He's like two he's like 284. That's huge. And he's still growing. Zion Williamson's first dance with the New Orleans New Orleans Pelicans will have to wait. The team announced on Monday afternoon that Williamson had uh, surgery on his right knee to treat a torn meniscus. Now that's huge. A meniscus that's that's not that's that's no, you know, finger jam. That's no that's no uh you know, wrist sprain. That's nothing like that. It, it, a torn meniscus is important. This really hurts. The NBA is just tumbling right now, man. You got the problem in China where uh, you're losing a lot of revenue over there. Now the number one, the most, the most highly anticipated number one pick, probably since LeBron, is now out six to eight weeks. When is the bleeding going to stop for the NBA? Williamson could Williamson would miss approximately 20 games on the six-week timetable and another seven or eight or another seven or so at eight weeks. He is slated to miss Anthony Davis' homecoming to New Orleans in November 27th, but should be cleared by the time the Pelicans play on Christmas Day at Denver. New Orleans first announced the injury last Thursday, as Williamson did not travel to New York City for the Pelicans' final preseason game against the Knicks. Mm. Zion Williamson will be the fourth number one overall pick to miss a season opener for his first season in the last 25 seasons. The other three, Ben Simmons, Blake Griffin, and Greg Oden. Dear Lord. I always forget that Greg Oden was was a number one pick. Oh God, he just did not turn out at all. At all. I mean, what a joke. What an absolute disaster he was. Pelicans coach Alvin Gentry said last Friday the thought was the thought was Williamson injured his knee on October 13th against the San Antonio Spurs. Williamson finished that game with 22 points and 10 rebounds, his only double-double of the preseason. In four games, Williamson averaged 23.3 points and 6.5 rebounds while shooting 71.4% from the floor. Williamson, who shouted Let's Dance at the end of his draft interview moments after becoming the number one pick, was part of a summer that bought that brought new life into the Pelicans franchise as a whole. His summer league debut was sold out in Vegas, even though he only played eight minutes because of a bruise on his left knee. Look at that, look at that, look li- listen to that. He so his knee so he already had a bruised knee before he even stepped onto the court to play some minutes. This, listen, the six foot seven, two hundred and eighty four pound Williamson. That's too big. You can't be that big. He suffered a, mi- a mild right knee sprain 
during his only season at Duke. That injury occurred when a sneaker gave out just seconds into a game against North Carolina. He missed three weeks with the injury before returning in the ACC tournament. When the Pelicans open up the season on Tuesday night in Toronto, forward Brandon Ingram will slide into the starting spot vacated by Williamson, with veteran guard J.J. Redick joining Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday in the backcourt. Derek Favors, who missed the final preseason game, is slated to start at center. Despite the loss of Williamson, Redick told reporters on Sunday afternoon it hasn't dampened the expectations of the season. Oh, yes, it has. Oh, yes, it has. Six to eight weeks, that's that's a good amount. Because let me tell you something. The West is stacked. The West, I'm going to say it one more time. The West is stacked. If you don't come out, you got to come out running. Now, now I, I will say this. The NBA season isn't like the NFL season. The NFL season is a sprint. The NBA season is a marathon. But you can quickly be eliminated in the marathon. Okay? If you if you're not doing anything in the in the first 3 4 weeks, that's it. You you're we can pretty much it's almost safe to say that you're gone and you're not going to do anything. He says, it's still the start of the season. We still get to play real games. We get to compete, Reddick said. We have a deep team. We'll hold it down as best as we can without him. Obviously, we need him back, and hopefully he takes his time and recovers fully. Let me, let me just say something to Zion. First of all, you need to lose like 20 pounds, at least. But I know it's hard because you keep growing. You're still growing. You're 19. So it's not it's not that easy that he can just lose weight like that. So I do get, I do understand Zion. But let me tell you something. Here's something that you can't control. Stop dunking. Stop dunking. You made it to the league, you know, just save your legs. Save your legs. You're highly anticipated. People have people have high hopes for you. They have dreams for you. And you're gonna miss you're gonna miss your, you know you're gonna miss the first six to eight weeks of your career. This dunk this dunking man. Just youth basketball players. Let me say this. Let me say this. Even if you're not trying to make the NBA. Basketball isn't worth it. It's not worth it. Unless you are super, super, super talented. And you are almost a lock for the NBA. It's not worth it. Because you still have the rest of your life ahead of you. You still have to work. Whether you are an employee or or an entrepreneur. You still have to work. You still have to move around. You still gotta walk. You still gotta drive. You know, you're going to have kids. You're going you're gonna to be doing all of these things and you will need your body. You're not going to be playing basketball forever. You're not. It's, ju- it's just not worth it. I'm not saying don't play the game. That's not what I'm saying. Just play differently. You know, work on your shot. You know, don't try to block everything. Don't jump super unnecessarily high that's another thing zion does he you know blocks a lot of shots and he jumps super high just to impress people zion just looking at you you're physically impressive that's all you don't need to impress us further we know how high you can jump don't jump so high because you're you're too big to do that your knees your skeleton is saying hey do you mind can you, we've been doing this for a long time, Zion. You know, you're, you're going to retire one day. And it's not like, you know, it's going to be a reset button. We still got to live. I, I, I just, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. It's, it's just ridiculous. Take care of your body. Just take care of it. Because you can't. 
Because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. And, you know, hopefully this is a lesson to younger players. You know, if you don't listen to me, that's fine. I'm not a successful athlete by any means. And I never will be. I don't have the genes to do it. I'm a five, eight and a half black kid with uh, sickle cell. So I'm certainly nothing special. But if you don't listen to me, that's fine. Look at Zion, man. Just just watch him. Stop. You know, just train differently. Change your game. Become more effective. Become better shooters. Expand your game, you know. Work on defense, passing, things like that. Work on the fundamentals. That's what I love about Europe. With with their bas- with their system in basketball. They focus on fundamentals. I don't care about you crossing me over. Yeah, it looks good. But let me tell you something. You're not going to be crossing people over your whole career because you're not going to be as fast. You may have the same handle, but you know, you're going to go against players that are younger and you may break them for a little bit, but they they'll recover. All right? You know, it you're going to get your ankles broken. It's going to happen. Everyone can play. But you know, expand your game. You know, save your body. It's doable. Don't be like Zion. I'm, I'm going to say this. I already didn't have high expectations for Zion. But now my expectations are even lower. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a short career. You know, people keep hyping him up. Don't do it. Alright, that, that that that's it. Okay, so... This next one is... Pretty interesting. This is concerning the Chicago teacher strike. And, you know, as you guys know, or as uh, my, my more loyal audience knows, my mom is a, she's a preschool teacher. And she's been, well, she's been teaching for a long time. She used to have her own um, daycare center called Train Up a Child. Um, I went to it. My sister went to it, obviously. Um... But, you know, she's been at this teaching thing for a long time. And I see all that she puts into it. Now, obviously, preschool is different than the other levels. Okay, it's not as many arts and crafts and stuff like that. But my mom has had to use a ton of... uh, She's had to use a ton of money for supplies. And just, you know, the, the amount of time she does for her curriculum, it takes to create her curriculum. Then she has these things called DRDPs, where she looks at the, uh, she looks at each student and, you know, makes comments about them and writes, writes down her observations concerning them. And it's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And I see the thickness of those packets and she just has a huge stack of them. It's amazing. So teachers go go through a lot. So this is from abcnews.gov. And now I will say this. Yes, my mom's a teacher, but I'm I will be neutral on this. Cuz you guys you guys know that's what I pride myself in. Chicago mayor begs teachers to return to classrooms amid ongoing strike. The mayor of Chicago is asking for the te- for the city's teachers union to stop the strike while continuing negotiations. This comes as a strike in the country's third largest school district enters its fifth day. Disagreement over pay, benefits, and class size are among the top concerns that prompted the strike. Yeah, that makes sense. Teachers are teachers work hard. Teaching is a hard thing to do. It's a lot of energy, benefits. I get it. Now, I I don't know how Illinois teacher benefits work, um, but I do know this: class size is important. Class size is huge. Class sizes. Are getting bigger. Um, and you know, the bigger the class size, you know, the less per you know, students can't quite learn 
when there's a bunch of when when there's a bunch of other people, teachers can't possibly give everyone a great amount of attention. They can't do it. They can't. I mean, you have I mean, you have all these things, and you know, just the just the learning process doesn't work. That's why one thing that's great. One, I mean, one benefit of big class sizes is you, is you can do more hands-on, more group work. And then the teacher just goes around to, you know, instead of having 35 individual students, you have, you have, you know, seven groups of five. So you just go to seven different spots and then you can, you know, you can try to interact more there. So large class sizes do help when you have things like group work. But in terms of, you know, the teacher being up front and speaking and, you know, communicating with the class, it's hard. Because then you have some of them, you have, you know, many students who they just sit back and they're just like, someone else will answer. So that's the majority. And, it you know, it's rough. Uh, so the strike started Thursday, October 17th. Monday marked the third day of school missed as a result of the strike. Mayor Mayor Lightfoot, Lori Lightfoot, wrote a letter Monday to Chicago Teachers Union President Jesse Sharkley, Sharkey, calling for the teachers to, re- to return to the classrooms while negotiations carry on. While we have made progress at the bargaining table, it is unclear that we can reach an agreement today um, given the current pace, Lightfoot wrote in the letter. The students and families of Chicago cannot afford to be out of school for any longer, which is why... We are asking you to end the strike and encourage your members to return to work while bargaining continues. As someone who is concerned about the success of our students, we hope to see how necessary it is to reopen schools at this time, Lightfoot wrote. Lightfoot went on to give specific examples of the impact the strike will have on students, from a canceled college fair to the prospect of a prestigious football team being ineligible for the state playoffs if the strike isn't resolved by Tuesday. You know, I'm going to say this. People do what you allow them to do. People do what you allow them, what you allow them to do. So, of course, see, here's the thing. Teachers have a lot of, teachers have a lot of power. I mean, you have a bunch of people not showing up to work to teach kids that's huge i mean that that is enormous so you have that and they say okay the mayor's like okay come on back to work we can keep negotiating and there was one there was one um there was one lady who said um yeah we're not going to do that she said and it was really kind of funny the way she said it but um, she said that they've, according to her, they've gotten more done in the five days than they have in 10 months, which makes sense. Because, see, when there's when there is no pressure and when there's no sense of urgency, nothing's going to happen. And, you know, both sides, both sides have a fair point. There's not a lot of money in education. There isn't. There's only so much to go around. So, you know, both sides have a point. The district is like, okay, we don't have this kind of money. Um, And then, you know, the teachers are like, okay, well, yeah, you do. You just give it to the wrong people. You give it to the wrong groups. You give it to the administrators who don't really do that much. All right. Um, Let me see. For its part, the Chicago Teachers Union posted various videos of multiple strikes happening across the city Monday. Uh, The CTU did not immediately respond to ABC News' request for comment about Lightfoot's letter, but there is slated to be an update on the negotiations Monday afternoon. This is hard, man. It's hard. You know... I I don't like to see people um I don't like to see I don't like to see 
children, you know, not be in school. I don't like to see that. You know, school is great. It's necessary. Um, now, I do think there needs to be huge education reform. I do believe that. But school is important. And, you know, these families, these families, it's hard because, you know, the mayor brought, the mayor brought up a great point. You know, a lot of, you know, there are these kids in elementary school where it's like, okay, um, they can't be at home by themselves because that's illegal. They're minors. So they, they have to be, they have to be, you know, cared for. And the parents are like, okay, well, I can't take off work. Because if I take off work, uh, we can't pay the bills. And so they're like, okay, well, you know what? I'll go to work, but I got to pay for a babysitter. And so these are just unexpected expenses that are coming in. And, and, you know, people are just like, man, well, what do I do? Do I save money by just staying home and keeping that money to myself and not giving it to a babysitter? But I lose out on my paycheck? Or what do I do? Do I just have my kids stay home alone? And I'm going to be honest. I think that's what a lot of parents are doing. Because because they say, okay, well, either either I stay and I lose money or I go to work and I lose money. So it's just, so I think, this is just my opinion. I have no data behind this. But I would say with this strike... You know, I think most of these people, most of these parents, they're saying, look, kids, you know, either, either stay home or, you know, go to school with a substitute or, you know, it's rough. And I, I hate seeing this, but it is necessary. Teachers put in a lot of work and you, you gotta pay the bills. Teachers have bills to pay. They got to eat. They have to drink water. They got to they got to have shelter over their heads. They have to grade papers. They 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 have they have lives. They have things that they have to do. And it teachers they don't make that much. They don't it's hard. Especially if they're by themselves. And, you know, and not being married, I I just, it's hard. It is very, very hard. This, these teacher strikes, man. You know, you you have things to do, but it's, it's just so difficult. It is so difficult. I mean, I mean, what, what, what can you say? What, what, what can be said about this stuff? You have good points on both sides. Some, and you know, here's the thing. Some people might say, oh, you know what? They should, you know, the teachers are just being selfish. No, I mean, you have, at some point, here's the thing. In World War II, you know, European countries practiced appeasement. And I'm, I'm not trying to compare school districts to Hitler. But just stay with me here. It's a, This is about appeasement. As I said earlier, people do what you allow them to do. So if you just say, okay, you know what, we'll give you this. Okay, we'll give you this. Okay, just stop. We'll give you this, just stop. Okay, so now you just gave me that thing for free. I'm going to keep going. If I can keep gaining for free, if I just put a, if I just add a little bit of pressure to you, you'll cave. Appeasement is a horrible idea for, for the long term. Okay. When it comes, when it comes down to it, you got to say, you know what? No, that's it. We, we, we will not give you any more ground. That's it. We, we've tried, we've tried doing it. We've tried being reasonable. We've tried, you know, working while going through with this. But we have needs that need to be met. And they're not being met like this. And so, the, as the old saying goes, desperate times equal desperate measures. 
And that's what happens. You, you have these teachers are like, you know what? We can't do it anymore. We can't, we can't do it. And so what they said, so what happened here is they said, you know what? We're just going to go on a big enough strike. Enough of us just don't go to work. It's really going to hit the district. And then they're going to be like, oh, you mean pay raises and class sizes. Hey, man, I mean, you got to make a living. You got to make a living. And this this is the path they chose. This is the career they chose. Um, It's necessary. It's honorable. It's great. It's important. Um, But, you know, it does have its downsides. You don't get great pay. Um, You're only paid nine to ten months out of the year. Um, You got to put in a lot of your own money to do stuff. It, it it's rough, it's rough, and they did what they thought was necessary. And I gotta be honest, I I I would, at some point, you just you gotta do it. Sometimes there are things in life that you don't want to do, but you have to do. It's it's just that simple. If you want a, if you want a certain result, it's like this. If I do if I do A, then B happens. But let's say I want C to happen, but I keep doing A. A gets me to B. I do A again. It gets me to B. I do A again. It gets me to B. I do A again. It gets me to B. I want to get C, but I keep doing A and I get B. I have to change what I'm doing. I ha- I have to change what I'm doing. I can't do A. I can't do option A. I, I got to do something else. Because I know that this gets me this result, and it's getting me the result that I don't want or that I don't need. So I have to change my strategy. It You know, this stuff is tough. It's tough, and I'm personally, I'm definitely going to be watching this um, because, you know, negotiation is give and take. No one gets everything that they want. That doesn't that that just doesn't happen in a negotiation. In a in a good negotiation, both sides feel pain. Both sides feel pain. Both sides feel pleasure. That's how it is. That's how you know it's a good negotiation. When there, when you feel a squeeze and they feel the same, the same amount of squeeze, okay, you know that's equal. Then you feel the same amount of pleasure, and then they feel the same amount of pleasure. That's a good negotiation. This, you know, this risk hurts. Bo- this we have the same amount of risk, same amount of uh, reward. That that's what it is. That's what negotiation is. So. You know, I, I'm definitely going to be watching this story closely. Um, I actually already have been, but hey, man, it's necessary. So, sometimes you just got to do it, um, and it, it can be it can bring tension, it can bring hate, bring hatred, it can bring bring resentment. But you 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 know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and when you have people in your way. Uh, and you you tried talking to them and you tried working it out. You got you got to take it to the next level. It ha- it happens. It happens. Okay. Um. So this next story. Um, is heartbreaking. Okay, so let me just, let me get right into it. Illinois woman says uh, that son who's nine made terrible mistake intentionally setting home ablaze, killing five family members. Now this is from October 11th, but someone sent me this story and it really... You know, it just 
All I could do was just shake my head, man. I, I felt the need to have to talk about it. And by the way, by the way, um, you if you guys do find a story that you find interesting or that you want me to talk about or explain or react to, go ahead and do that. That That's perfectly fine with me. I do accept those. I don't do all of them. Um, but, um, if you guys do, if you guys do have suggestions, let me know. Yeah. Okay. So, a nine-year-old Illinois, Illinois boy, which is actually where my maternal grandparents live, was charged with five counts of murder and the deaths of his cousin, two half-siblings, great-grandmother, and mother's fiancé after authorities alleged he intentionally set the family's mobile home alight. But his grieving mom says it was a terrible mistake and people should pray for and not condemn the boy she says is mentally ill. Katie Allwood's son became a ward of the state after investigators concluded he intentionally set fire to the family's home in Goodfield on April 6th. The boy is not being identified because he is being tried as a juvenile. However, the other family members have been identified in multiple reports. Uh, the nine-year-old was charged this week with five counts of murder, two counts of arson, and one count of aggravated arson in the fire, which resulted in the deaths of Catherine Murray, 69, Jason Wall, 34, Rose Allwood, 2, Damien, uh, Damien, All, Damien Wall, 2, Ariel Wall, 1. Three lives. Two, two, and one. Jesus. I just... I always talk about this, man. Life is so precious. Life is so... It can go like that. I mean... you And the thing... The amazing thing is... You only get one. I mean, think about, think about it. You're two years old... You know, you're just, you know, you know, you're just now starting to talk. You're starting to, you know, starting to understand life a little bit more and more each and every day. And your last moments are suffering from heat, um, the pain of breathing in carbon dioxide and smoke and soot and ashes and poisonous gases. And then you die. It's, it's horrible. I mean, this is, this is disgusting. This, this is disgusting. And she may say, you know, pray for the boy who's mentally ill. We don't know if he's mentally ill. We don't know that. We have no clue. He made a terrible mistake, Allwood, who's 28, told the Chicago Tribune. Uh, after Woodford County State... State's attorney, Greg Minger, announced the charges against her son. He's a child. I'm going to say something, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something here. This, and this is what I talked about again. When are you held responsible? This, this kid killed five people. He is responsible for the deaths of five people who should still be here. Allwood said she wished people would pray that he gets the help he needs and claimed he suffers from schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and ADHD. Even though he lit the fire, I know his intentions were not to kill anybody, she continued. I know that. He cries and cries and cries because he misses his family. So I ask you this. How old... How old is... How old should someone be when when they're held responsible for murder? 10, 12, 15, 16, 18. Remember, the the brain doesn't stop developing until 25. So, I mean, do you, do you let these people off? What, what do you do? It's, and it's, it, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. Allwood said she believes her son has a good heart and helped in raising his two half siblings. He also killed him. Yes, he should be punished, but he needs mental help. That's what he needs. Okay, you know, investigators said the fire began around 11 p.m. 
Within minutes of firefighters responding to the scene, the home was engulfed in flames. Minger said he decided to charge the boy after reading through various uh, various reports about the fire numerous times. Officials, ha- officials have yet to release details about how the fire was started. If convicted, the child could be placed on probation for at least five years, but not beyond the age of 21. Minger said that therapy and counseling for the boy would likely would be likely as well. Illinois Department of Children uh, and Family Services reportedly has had an extensive history with Allwood's family, according to the Tribune. They made contact with the family 13 times prior to the fatal fire. Mm. That is dreadful. That is dreadful. But it goes back to my question. When is someone held responsible for their actions? What 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 is it that they what is it what action do you do where you say okay you are accountable and we're going to hold you accountable and where's that line where it says okay you're accountable for these things but for these things you know you're still okay you're still learning you're still developing I mean what happens What happens I mean it, it it's just to me, to me, it's ah, this. This is a hard thing. This is a hard thing to say. We do have a lot of inconsistencies, and you know that that that's really all I have to say about this man. This 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 broke my heart when someone sent me this. Um, and you know, it it just let me know. Let me know what what does it what does it mean? What what do you do? When are you held responsible? When? Just I we need we need to answer this question. So that way we can make some progress here.